Good to see everyone tonight. We've been having fun around here. We just seem to be a group that just looks for excuses to have parties, right? We've been doing lots of partying around here. And it's all been good. All been good. So we want to welcome those who are jumping on Facebook Live today. If you have any questions, you can put them in the comment section and we'll be glad to answer them if we can. If we don't know the answer, we'll figure it out and find the answer, right? We just turn within and and uh, the answer is always there. He and us, as us, is the answer, right? So tonight, if you have your devices or Bibles or whatever you follow along with, I'd like for you to go to Revelation 22, and we're going to read verses 15 through 16. This is number 167 of Mind Brain Connection. And remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about the reality of living within as opposed to living without. And I said a lot about the consequences or the experience subjectively that we have when we live within. But I want to talk a little bit about living without. Because we find some very colorful words here in Revelation chapter 22. And I want to begin reading there with verse 14. But 15 and 16, and especially 15, really gets into this. So, so let's look at this and let's read about those who are without. Now, why would anyone be without? What would constitute the reason that someone is living from the withoutness, from a realm of being without? It doesn't mean they're not in Christ. No one is exempt from being in Christ. So what does the scripture mean? And it's used quite often where it talks about being without. What does it mean to be without? Well, it simply means that people are not doing what Jesus said to do. Right. And what did he say? Well, he said to meditate. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things you have need of will naturally be added, unfolded. He said, go into the closet. And that doesn't mean, you know, have a little closet in your house somewhere and you go into it and close the door. A lot of people used to do that because they took it literally. But he's talking about going on the inside of us and shutting the door toward judging things by the appearance realm, yeah. how it looks or how it feels and so forth. And so let me read verse 14 of Revelation 22 as we begin. It says, blessed are they that do his commandments. Meaning what? Ten commandments? No, it's not literally keeping the ten commandments, but if you live within, the ten commandments will be kept, yeah. you know. So what he's talking about, where he says, blessed are they that do his commandments, it's what he has told us to do, what he has said to do. And it goes on to say that they may have right to the tree of life. Now, the tree of life is in us. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is the outer realm. It's the tree of, of judging things by the seeing of the eye, the hearing of the ear, rather than judging, discerning by righteous discernment. And it says that they may have right to the tree of life and may, in, may enter. Now, what is it talking about entering? It's talking about entering into yourself, where the tree of life is. And then it says they enter through the gates of the city. Now, when we talked about the foundations and the gates, we found out that the city represents our consciousness, our awareness. That's the city. And the 12 gates and the 12 foundations would represent, first of all, heaven or the 12 cranial nerves, 
because through the 12 cranial nerves, you, you could not even think properly if right. you did not have 12 cranial nerves. Right. So you enter into this consciousness, the city, this consciousness, by the help of your 12 cranial nerves. You have six on the right side, you have six on the left side. And also the foundations represent the 12. So what are we talking about? When we talk about the 12 cranial nerves, we're talking about heaven in us. And then we also know that our body or our earth, our bodies, have 12 sympathetic nerves. So as we enter into the city, into our consciousness, what happens is we join the right and the left together. We yield the left, and then what happens is heaven invades earth. I hear a lot of people talking about heaven invading earth, and they just kind of leave it at that. But heaven is only going to invade earth in our lives when we yield the left side, when we yield the, uh, the conscious awareness. Let me click something here. It just has something has come up here that we don't want on here. There we go. And uh, so heaven and earth become one, and heaven invades earth. And that's what we want to experience. And I don't believe that's something that's going to happen in the future or even the near future. If it's not happening now, we need to ask ourselves why. See, I'm beginning to realize that, you know, there's a scripture, and I've quoted this from time to time, and Catherine Bennett always had to remind me where it was, somewhere in Deuteronomy 30, 32. But the older we get chronologically, or let me say it this way, the more mature we get chronologically, the more strength we should have. I mean, that's, that's what it says. If we're experiencing heaven invading earth as a result of yielding the earth, we should experience that. So verse 15 begins there in verse 15, and it talks about those who do not do these things, and it says, notice, they are without. And he calls them dogs. Well, that's not total. Dogs are a metaphor, not for some puppy dog. It's not what he's talking about. And then it lists sorcerers. And then it lists, uh, lists whoremongers, idolaters, and those that love and make a lie. So what is this talking about? It's talking about people who are not living by turning within to the tree of life. It's talking about people that are still living by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in verse 15, it actually uses that word, without. Now, hang on to Revelation 22, and let's look at a few other verses. If you'll go to Mark 4 and verse 11. And, of course, Jesus told us that we must, in order to take no thought, in order to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, in order to really go into the closet and shut the door, shut off all of the appearance room, one word will cause that to happen, and it's meditation. It's meditation. That's how we do it. We, the only way to do that is through meditation. Now, when I talk about meditation, as you know, I'm not talking about hours and hours of meditation. I mean, just throughout the day, you can just be cognizant and conscious of the Christ, the body of Christ and the Christ that is in us and that we are. You can just turn within. All it takes is a few seconds, especially if you're having a day where thoughts from the appearance realm are dictating to you. If you just put the shut to the up, that's my yeah. crude way of saying shut up, that's it. and meditate and turn within, and as you do that, what are you doing? You are going into the prayer closet, and you are shutting the door. You are taking no thought of the left side or the lower thoughts that would try to dictate to you and rule in your life, but you're allowing the Christ, the heaven of you, to rule and to reign. We reign in life by one Christ Jesus through the gift of 
of right? righteousness, of righteousness through, and the abundance of grace. We, we reign. We rule, not lower thoughts. Okay? So look what it says about that in Mark 4, 11. It says, and he said unto them, unto you it is given to know. Not just know about. Unto you it is given to know, intimately know, the mystery of the kingdom. And what does mystery mean? Uh, Paul used that word quite often. Mystery uh, means a sacred secret that you can't get by being on the outside or being without. That you have to turn within to connect with. And then he goes on to say, but unto them that are without, all of these things are done in parables. In other words, they do not see, if they're without, they do not see the sign that the parable points to. Now, Jesus also stated there, all these things are done in parables. So what does that mean? That simply means that when you start looking at the scriptures, if you're just merely going to stop with literalism and not realize that they have an allegorical meaning to them, and by knowing the allegorical meaning, that is when you can tap into the subjective experience of what they are saying. And so it says here, these people who were without, what do they do? They literally, they, and I'm not saying there's no literalism to the scripture. I'm saying we have to move beyond mere literalism and see the allegory and the the parable. You know, Jesus said he always spoke in parables. He never did not speak in parables. Then Paul the Apostle said, when you look at the Old Testament, don't look at it literally, but look at it according to allegory. He said that in Galatians chapter 4. So let's look at these different descriptions that it gives here, beginning with verse 15, of those who live where? Without. Those who live without. Now, we've all lived without. Been in Christ, but lived without. But if we continuously live without, then he begins to talk about these five or six different things that are listed, and the first one is dogs. It's not talking about a literal dog, but this is what dogs mean here. It means being captive, listen to this, to the lower desires of the left side, and I add that part, of the left, what would the lower desires be but the left side? So being captive, being controlled by the lower emotions or the lower desires or the lower thoughts of the left side in and of themselves. Now, During this time, I'm sure that they didn't have little dogs like we have little dogs that we put a ribbon in their hair if you have a dog. (laughs) Or you take to the salon once a month to get cleaned up. But these were skinny little animals that they were taught, and this is how they're identifying. Skinny little animals that would be found in alleys scrounging for every little bit of food that they could find. (laughs) That's the type of dogs they had here. And listen to this. The Sikh religion defines dogs like this. Lust and anger shall not seduce you, and the dog covetousness shall be destroyed. The dog covetousness covetousness shall be destroyed. That's what one religion, the Sikh religion, you've heard of the Sikh religion. That's the way they define that. Lust and anger shall not seduce you, and the dog covetousness shall be destroyed. So when it says that those who live outside rather than from within are described as dogs in verse 15, it's simply referring to 
those who just do not dwell in their Christ consciousness, mm -hmm. and they are totally captive to the left side in and of itself, and they are constantly looking to get something wow. from the lower, mm -hmm. from trusting the lower. And baby Christians do that. But you know what, folks? There's a time that we awaken yes. and we mature and we grow up and it's no longer about what we can get from the Father, but it's about he's given us all things already and we just have to walk in the conscious awareness of that, the realization of that, the awareness of that, and the awareness is a projector that will eventually project that out naturally. Now... Let's look what else he describes those who are living from without. The next one is sorcerers. Now, when I looked up sorcerers in the Strongs, it means a pharmacist or a magician. Pharmacist. A pharmacist or that a magician. Me, that reminds me of something. So, so sorcerers, listen, sorcerers are impulses which calls false ideas which come down from tradition and corrupt religion. Jeez. Now listen to this. If you want to go with the pharmacist, if you want to go with dealing in drugs in a negative way, you know, some people need that. I'm just I'm not putting that down. But when it's out of balance, listen, Karl Marx said this about religion. Religion is the opiate of the people. Yeah. You know why? It puts them to sleep. They're unconscious. They're not conscious. It puts them to sleep. And listen, that is what the ancients called sorcery. That which comes down, the false ideas and traditions of man that come down from corrupt religion. Now we could call magicians people who try to make things happen. Yeah, that's good. That's what magicians do. They try to make things happen to woo you, to impress you. And there was a time that I remember, you know, I really remember, like yesterday, being in the midst of religion that tried to make things happen. Yeah. To get people to get excited. Yeah. Yes. Well, that still happens. Have, have any of you ever gotten a chain letter in the mail? Uh, uh, you know, they don't do that as much as they used to. But the religious church was pretty big on this. And they would s send this chain letter out. And they would say, if you don't send 20 out, you're going to be cursed. Yeah. Or you're going to have something bad happen to you. Another that we can put under the heading of, uh, of magician is when they tell you, like the TV evangelist, if you'll send us $1,000, we'll send you our sock, and you can wear it for a week, and you'll be healed. I mean, something like that. Anyhow, right? That's a, to me, see, that's a, that's a magician. See, it fits, it, it fits the meaning of a, of a magician. So, the, again, anointed hankies and all kinds of things, yeah. So those are things that are a magician or sorcery are things that are created out of man whose breath is in his nostrils to try to impress people and build people's ministry and to get money. So that they can continue to drive their Mercedes, live in a $4 million home. Now listen, I'm not against driving that type of a car or living. I believe we're supposed to be wealthy. I believe we're supposed because we've already been given 
even all things. But it's the way people go about getting it. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's not having a plane. It's not having a million-dollar home, George. It's not having billions of dollars in the bank. It's not that. It is not about that. What it is about is how did you go about getting that? And if you've gone about getting that through through sorcery, trying to impress people that you are all that in a bag of chips, let me tell you, it's not going to work. Because eventually they'll lose those people. And they'll lose that money if they have gotten, gotten that through ill gain. Okay? Then the next one is hormones. I love this one. In verse 15. Well, what is that? Well, you know, the Old Testament is filled with symbolic meaning of sexual intercourse of a woman with another man that they're not married to. And what it points to allegorically is simply the left side in and of itself. We are married to Christ and it's intercoursing with the lower thoughts of the left yeah, side, right. the lower emotions, right. and the lower desires. Right. You see, instead of intimacy with Christ, our Christ mind of the right side, we allow all of these other voices, and there's many voices in the world today, we allow them to bombard us to the point to where we are no longer ruling That's it. through our Christ mind. That's it. We're no longer ruling and reigning in life by the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. First Peter talks about the fact that we have been presented as a chaste virgin to one husband, Christ, and within us can be born that Christ consciousness when the two are joined together. When we yield the left side, whatever it is that comes up from the left side, if it's five, one of the five senses, if it's emotions, if it's intellect, human reasoning, or logic, or even lower, darker thoughts, as we yield them, what is happening? We are yielding them, and heaven is invading our virgin consciousness of the left side, and we're birthing Christ like the man-child was birthed in Revelation chapter 13. So if we are living from without, because all of these descriptions are talking about those who live from without, and the without, the without, the withoutness, listen, are constantly trying to come up with ways to save themselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what corrupt religion does. Now, you know, I, I don't know if it's in, uh, was maybe Timothy, I'm not sure, or Jude, one of the little books there. It talks about, there's nothing wrong with religion, folks. I think we need to be careful the choice of words we use. There's nothing wrong with religion. It talks mm -hmm. about pure religion. Yep. But then yep. on the other hand, on the left side, there is the corrupt religion. Yes. Yes. So whoremongers or whoremongering is intercoursing, and the Old Testament talks about the strange woman quite often. And the strange woman, intercoursing with the strange woman once we have been married to Christ. And listen, we've always been married to Christ. Yeah. We've always been married to Christ. Left and right, masculine and feminine have always been one. Nothing wrong with the left side, as we've said all the way through this. But when we operate out of that in and of itself, then... We're intercoursing with the strange woman, and we don't want that. Now, the next one in Revelation 22, 15 is murderers. And this one is probably the most destructive of all the aspects, but it's one of the most successful things that has occurred against Father God. And it comes from religion. It comes from the left side to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10 10 says the thief, 
Now, most people in corrupt religion believe that that's some entity outside of us called yes. the devil, called Satan, called yeah. serpent. Yeah. But all it is is the left side. That's it. And it comes to steal and to kill yes. and to destroy the flow of Christ out of our life. Amen. And it simply denotes ideas and thoughts that come from corrupt religion in order to kill the freedom, the liberty, and the flow of Christ in and Amen. as us. Amen. And many in organized religion, I mean, they totally come against all of this. And what do they do? See, because it was written in a very popular magazine recently, don't get into meditation. It'll open you up to demons and devils. <laughs> It'll open you up to... Religion has purported that and said that, and so therefore people have shied away from that. Meditation is how, as I said, you get into this, and you, the only way to seek first the kingdom, the only way to go into the closet, the only way to take no thought from the left side is through the meditation as you turn within to the tree of life rather than allow the thief of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to steal, kill, and destroy from you. And so many people today are so against meditation. So against meditation, and it ruins them, and it ruins other people that they talk to and try to tell them that meditation is of the devil. The next one then that we see, so this is murderers, that which deliberately tries to kill, steal, and destroy the flow from coming out of your life. That's, yes. that's a murder. The thief comes to kill, to murder, steal, and destroy from that which we know to be true in our lives. The next one is idolaters. And we've all come through. We've all been an idolater. What does it mean? I believe it is taking symbols and making them out to be spiritual. And I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 6 for this one. Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to say that all of these ABCs are principles of the doctrines of Christ. They're not all listed here, I can assure you. There are more than just these. But in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul the Apostle, but some say no, it wasn't. Some say it actually was a woman. But Hebrews chapter 6 gives us examples of what we need to leave. What we need to leave. And I want to share these with you because we're dealing with the word without in Revelation 22. Every one of these things that are listed in Hebrews chapter 6 are without activities. Wow. And I could add a few others to it. And I may slip one other in there. <laughs> but look what it says in verse 1. Therefore leaving. Leaving. Mm -hmm. The principles or the ABCs of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection, which is maturity, yep. not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. What would that be, having to repent from dead works? It would be having to repent or change our mind from living without. Yeah. So that's a without work. Not laying again the foundation of repentance, where you have to, and repentance means to change your mind about something, draw your thoughts out of the realm of spirit because you have lived from without. That's an outside activity. And a faith toward God. What do you mean? We're supposed to have faith toward God. Aren't we supposed to have faith in God? Well, no. 
We have the faith of God. But besides that, we're one. We're already one in him. So why do we exercise faith toward God as though he's some sky deity out here that we have to get something from? Right? It's praying to someone that you believe is apart from you. So all of these are without... And there are others, as I said, beside this. And let me just throw one in. Well, let me finish these first, and then I'll throw it in. Verse 2 says, of the doctrine of baptisms. Now, I've told you many times that the Greeks had five levels of consciousness. Earth, water, air, fire, and the Christ mind. So you can be baptized in water a million times. And probably some of us have been baptized quite a few times because, you know, if you got baptized in Jesus' name, that wasn't good enough. You got to ba get baptized in the uh, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then there was another one. You have to be baptized. One lady came and taught at our church years ago from Kansas and taught you got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because that covers it all. <laughs> and to this lady, when you were baptized in water, that was heart circumcision to her. I beg to differ. <laughs> the only way that you're going to have heart circumcision is when you yield the left and you're no longer moving out of the flesh. You're cutting off the flesh. You're cutting off being led and governed and directed by the flesh realm. And so circumcision is not just for men in the Old Testament. Of course it was, but it's for women today. And that's the thing that needs to be circumcised. That's the thing that's challenged. That's the thing that is tempted. So I said, you can be baptized a million times in water and never be baptized. Because you have not taken what? The earthly thoughts. This is the five levels of consciousness that the Greeks had. You haven't taken the lower thoughts of the left side and baptized them into the water of the word. Which brings you to the air where you take no thought. Which causes the fire of the word to be burned within you even deeper than what it is today. And constitutes the Christ mind. And the next one, then, is the laying on of hands. We should leave the laying on of hands and teach people how to draw out of their own well. Doesn't mean that we won't do that from time to time. But you know what? The main thing is, are we teaching people that they already have everything they ever have need of? Absolutely. And that they can draw out of their own well, their own knowing, their own realization, their own conscious awareness, yeah. and they can experience the manifestation right. of whatever it is that they have need of. Now, tonight we laid hands on, a couple laid hands on someone, but they weren't bringing something no. to him or to Dee. They were confirming what yes. was already true. And if you do that, I say lay hands on everybody you want. But see, it has been... It has been corrupted through corrupt religion because they believe that they could lay hands on people and give them something when they could really give them nada, nothing whatsoever. But they can cause that person to realize that they already are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Look at the next one, resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead. And I've told you, I've lived several times by graveyards, and I thought, because I was taught this. When the Lord Jesus comes back on his white stallion, tooting his golden trumpet, dodging 747s, and coming back here to get everything right, the people in those graveyards are going to come flying up out of the grave, the lids are going to fly open, and I'm going to be running. 
Well, that, that's not even Halloween. That's not even the truth. That's not even the truth. That's not ever going to happen. Because guess what? They never died in the first place. Their body may have ceased to exist, but they're living on. So cut that junk out. You know, quit teaching that stuff. That's so basic and babyish. And it's not going to happen anyhow that way. The next one then is eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. Quit telling people that some people are going to be scorched and torched where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth eternally in eternal conscious torment. Well, that's a loving God. Telling you you need to love your enemies and he hates his. And is going to burn them in eternal conscious torment. How much sense does that make spiritually? Oh, absolutely none. And then notice the last one. Well, let me... Go back to Revelation 22, and let me just throw this other one in. Because there, there are others you could add to this, and one of them is the type and the shadow of communion. Uh-oh, what? Come on. The type and the shadow of communion, eating the bread and drinking the Mogan David or the grape juice. <laughs> now, I know it was done here not too long ago by someone that visited, and I felt like just going ahead and just letting that happen. Yeah. It's not going to kill anybody, but here's the thing. And if I was attending a service where they were partaking, I'm not saying that I wouldn't partake. But I'm just simply saying, we got to move even beyond that because it's just a symbol. Yes. And Jesus said what happens, well, it goes the same place the hot dog you ate last night went. Well, come on now. <laughs> in the drought. Someone says, well, I know people that have been healed during that. Well, that's because they believed. Wasn't the communion? It's because they believe for that. And so that's not, that's not something that, you know, we haven't served here one, I don't think we've served one time since I've pastored here, and it's been 34 years now. Because you know what? What is the communion we want? The meditation, the turning within. <laughs> The going into the closet. Yeah. The communion that we have on a daily basis. Yes. Yes. See, because listen, you can do all of that. Yeah. Eating the bread, the unleavened bread, drinking the Morgan David and the grape. You can do all of that and still not have communion. Right. And still not have communion. Right. So why do we want to take something that is a symbol and not have the communion? Wow. Why do we want that to be a substitute? For the true communion of turning within, it takes a little effort to do that. Yes. To turn within and make time for that communion and so forth. Now, back in Revelation 22 and verse 15, it says, And whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So, a lot of corrupt religion is loved by evangelical yeah. Western evangelical yeah. Christianity. They love it. They love the lie. And you know what? They will fight tooth and nail oh, for yes. it. Yeah, they will. They were the people that Jesus got the most upset with yes. when he was in his ministry yeah. upon the earth. I mean, he went so far as calling them some names and not so nice names, vipers and snakes and you know, sepulchers that wash the outside and whitewashed sepulchers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
that kept the outside clean, but the, out, you know, the inside was not clean, was like dead men's bones. Thank you. See, and the sad fact is they love it so much. I have already, now I don't argue scripture with people. I don't do it on Facebook. You'll never see me argue on Facebook. I will not argue with people in person. No. But I have known some people that I have presented some truth to, and man, were they on the bandwagon to fight and to argue and debate. And I won't do it. I'll just walk away because that is a characteristic of being without. Wow. Come on! That's a characteristic of being without. And you see, a lot of the teachings of eschatology, in fact, Isaiah and Jeremiah said, and your prophets, which are liars. <laughs> That's what Jeremiah and Isaiah said. And your prophets, which are liars. Right. And Jesus called them yes. hypocrites, actors on the stage of life. Yes. Actors. Oh, actors gosh. on the stage of life. I used to be one. So lies such as, let me throw a few lies that they'll hold on to to yes. the nail, the physical coming of the Lord. Yes. He's going to come back on the white horse. Yeah. And, you know, wouldn't that horse, don't you think that horse, if it had to go through clouds, would be a little scared? <laughs> I mean, it makes, it makes no sense even in the natural. But they'll hold on to that literal coming of the Lord. They've got to have the literal coming of the Lord. And, and they totally bypass the epiphania, the outshining and the outraying and yes. the apocalypsis and the unveiling and the yes. uncovering and the perusia, the presence of the Lord, yes. which we are. They totally bypass all of that. They sure do. But they want him to come back literally and set up over in Israel and make everything right and just kick booty until there's nothing left for anyone to have to go through. And, and by the way, in the meantime, a group of people are going to be raptured out of here. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to fly away to a heavenly glory when we are needed here. How, how selfish is that? Yeah. Think about it. How selfish is that? Oh, yeah. To want to get out of this, what they call a hellhole. Yeah. When the earth is full of the glory of God. And that's the way. See, if we're going to help people, we've got to see the whole earth full of the glory of the Lord. And I'm going to give you a scripture on that when we get finished. Because that's what we need to be looking for. That coming. Yeah within and as a people. Now, if you look at the last part of verse 16, it says there, and of course, uh, well, let me begin with uh, the beginning of it, not the last part. I, Jesus, verse 16 in Revelation 22, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. Now, when we talked about the seven churches, I shared with you because Revelation chapter 5 talks about the book of life that is within us. It's a Greek word, esoteris, and it's the book of life that is within us. But it is sealed on the backside with seven seals. But listen, the book is in the right hand. And if you read on in Revelation chapter 5, the only one that can open the book was the lion of the tribe of Judah, yes, which man. speaks of the east side or our right side. Yes. That's the only thing that's going to open us up. And the seven churches can depict, when we're applying that symbolically to our physical anatomy, it can depict the, the energy fields, the seven energy fields, as the energy, as the anointing, as the Christ begins to affect even our bodies. Because remember, 2 Thessalonians 5.23 in the Amplified says that we are sanctified through and through spirit and soul and body. 
And what does sanctify mean? One of the meanings is deity. Separate, set apart, sanctified, through and through. So now, if we're sanctified through and through, then we can subjectively believe and, and trust for the seven churches that we see in Revelation being the seven energy fields. We can believe that that anointing and that Christ can rise up yes. from the sacral area, which is yes. the most holy place, yes. the sacred place. It can rise up and it can activate our pineal and pituitary, which then, as we know, is us experiencing subjectively the land flowing with milk and honey. Because one puts forth the pineal, a golden colored oil, pituitary, a whitish colored oil. And so that is when then the right side explodes on us and we begin to see truth and experience truth as we've never experienced yes. before. And that's connected with the age of Aquarius, the age of the feminine, where we're realizing the importance of the consciousness, the feminine aspect of our being, becoming one with the masculine aspect. It points to enlightenment. We're being, and I like to say it this way, it's more than enlightenment because we're already the light, but it's embodiment. It's embodiment taking place within us. And that's already happening. So I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now look at the last part there in verse 16. I am the root and the offspring of David. Now Jesus is saying this. But I want to share something with you tonight that if you'll keep your mind open, I'm not saying that the... The, the line didn't come through David. I'm not saying that in the natural, but I can show you. In fact, I'm going to show you. In fact, ha, ha, hang on to Revelation 22 and go to Matthew 22. I'm so excited I can't hardly talk to <laughs> Matthew 22, 42. So Jesus said in the last part of verse 16 in Revelation 22, I am the root and the offspring of David. I'm not saying he didn't come through that heritage, but Jesus never wanted people to hang on to that. That's it. In a religious or a political yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm going to show you that. So what does this mean allegorically? Yeah. It's saying that Jesus was wanting their focus to move from him being related to David, although naturally speaking he was of that lineage, but look what he says when these religious people come to him in Matthew 22, 42. Look what he had to say about this. It says there, and Jesus is asking the Pharisees this, the, religious, the corrupt religious people this. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. Now, quickly go to Psalm 110 and verse 1. Hang on to Matthew 22, though, because we're going to go back there. And hang on to Revelation 22, because we're going to go back there, too. <laughs> Psalm 110 and verse 1. And I want us to see this. So Jesus is asking these religious people, what do you think of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, well, he's the son of David. But he wanted them to look further. He wanted them to look allegorically. Not stop with the fact that he came from that lineage. Wow. Psalm 110.1, the Lord said unto my Lord. Now, when you see the word Lord in all caps, that's Father. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, this is David talking. Yeah. And the Lord, in all caps again, refers to the Father. And he said to my Lord, or to David's Lord, and David's Lord was Christ. Yeah. In other words, David's Lord is Christ's consciousness. Mm -hmm. But back in Matthew twenty-two forty-two, 42, the Pharisees, when asked, said that Jesus was of the son of David. Now go back there to Matthew 22. Let's, let's read a few verses here. Matthew 22, 43, it state, states there, He saith unto them, Jesus saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Wow. And they all walked away. <laughs> they all walked away in other words if David listen if David called the Christ his Lord then there's no way that the Christ could be his son so what is Jesus doing he's toppling another religious belief yes. that Jesus was strictly of the lineage of David to lift themselves up just like with Abraham we have Abraham to our father to that 
It's already sanctified objectively, spirit, soul, and body. But we want to lift the body up to that, and we're going to do that. And one of the ways that is beginning to happen is as the book within us that's in the right hand begins to be open, and as it's open, every one of the energy fields begins to be open. The pituitary, the pineal is activated, and it explodes the right side, and we begin to see as we have never seen before. Now that's the big bang theory. Now, go back to Revel <laughs> yeah. Go back to Revelation 22:16 again as we close here. And it says there, I am the root and the offspring of David. So David is one in whom, though he was flesh and blood, why was David a man after God's own heart? I want to show you something here tonight. Because he always had a heart to have the ark, the yeah. presence of the Lord, yes. he always had a heart to protect God's kingdom, to protect the land. That is so cool. And so you and I tonight have yes. a David aspect in us. Yes. Yes. Amen. And we know David screwed up so badly. Yes. But he always was after the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, yes. not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, where you could get P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, the presence of the Lord. I mean, he probably stood one day and saw that Bathsheba sunbathing with his binoculars, and he said, "Woo!" And then you know what happened? He gets her pregnant, tries to bring Daddy home, so that when she has the child, that there's no question as to who the father is. Well, that didn't work. So he sends a message to the commander in chief at war and says, "Put the guy." In the front lines, lines. what he did, and they were, he was killed. killed. One time, David was out dancing in the streets. Imagine this, totally stark naked. And a woman said, and his wife also, "You ought not be doing that, David. Do you know how stupid you're looking?" And you know what his answer was, in so many words. Darling, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. But here's the thing. David messed up so many times, but yet he was a protector of the land. He was a protector of the presence of the Lord. And I want to say that in each and every one of us tonight, there's a David aspect that yes. no matter how badly you screw yeah. up, excuse my French, no, badly, no matter how badly you mess up, do not take guilt. That's right. David wow. never took guilt. He never took wow. guilt. And listen to this one. Amen. Paul the Apostle went around having Christians killed mm -hmm. sure in the did. name of yeah. God, yeah. in the name of religion, his yes. God of religion. Lord, he said he was a Jesus of I'm an atheist to that yeah. God because my God is love. That is so good. But you know what he said? Yeah. He had the audacity to say one day, stand up and say, I've wronged no man. That's what he said. I have wronged no man. So this David aspect within us that has messed up so many times since David didn't take any guilt and we we have even more, I believe, realization today than David had. We don't have to take on any guilt either. No, we don't. No, we don't. Doesn't mean we excuse. No. We take responsibility, absolutely, but we don't have to. There's no condemnation. The Greek says no handicap whatsoever to those who are in Christ Jesus. Someone says, yeah, but it says 
For those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's not there. That was not that was added by the translators. There's just no condemnation and guilt in Christ Jesus. Take the responsibility. Let it be a stepping stone if you've messed up in places. But be like David. And always be after protecting the land. That's right. Protecting the left side. Protecting the earth. Protecting the woman. So so Christ is the root and offspring of David in this sense. When David would get in trouble, he'd always go to the root. Because notice it says, the root and offspring of David. Yes. Can you hear that? The root and the offspring of David. No matter how badly David messed up, the root and the offspring that came out of him was the Christ mind. And the desire to protect the land. And the desire to always have the ark in his presence. To always have the presence of the Lord within his life. And then verse 16 goes on to say, I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bride, I know and there is in italics, so it's not there, so it says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and morning star. And what this speaks of is our awakening. Every one of us have been in the darkness of religiosity. Yes, ma'am. So this bright and morning star is our Christ mind. It's the brightest star. It's the star that led the Magi to Jesus after his birth. It's Venus and Mercury. Venus and Mercury are the brightest stars. And Venus can be seen early in the morning, but can be seen at the dawn, at night. Meaning what? Christ, our bright and morning star, is always there, like we sang tonight. Whether we're experiencing darkness or whether we're experiencing the new day dawning. So we are what? We are a people that are within. We have the within impulse rather than the without impulse. And as we gave the descriptions of all of these, every one of them, along with what we see written in Hebrews chapter 6, are all without activities. None of them are within activities. So what is our part? What are we to do in relationship to what's happening in our world today. Well, Psalm 22, verse 27, I think I read this last time, where it says, all the ends of the earth will remember. All. And turn to the Lord. All the ends of the earth will turn to the Lord. So what is our part in this? It is to see the whole earth full of the glory of God. Yes. Habakkuk said, full of the knowledge of the glory of God. Well, mm-hmm. our government is corrupt, and the gas prices, and the food prices, and the this and the that. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Forget yeah. it. Nothing is out of order in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? We don't focus on that. We focus on the right side. Bring the, let, let heaven invade earth. And then our focus will not be what's happening out here in the appearance realm. Our focus will be. That's right. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Amen. Because he's already provided. Yes. Amen. He's already provided all things. Yep. Psalm 24, Amen. 1 says, The earth is the Lord's. And this is in a different translation. It's the NIV. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Amen. The world and all who live in it. Yeah. The earth is the Lord's. The 
The NLT says of Psalm 24 and verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people. Now, of course, the world doesn't know it. That's, right. That's the problem. Yeah. And there's only one way we're going to show that is when we do not judge them That's right. according to appearances. That's right. But we judge or discern them according to righteous judgment, Absolutely. which is seeing them through who they are. Yeah. Even if they don't know it, even if they're acting like the devil, That's right. even if they're acting like a schnook, Someone says, well, isn't that condoning? No, it's not condoning. You may not agree with what they do and how they act. You may not agree with that at all. In fact, most of the time, see, most of the time, that's when we really need to be exercising yes. the love that we are. Yes. Is when it appears horrible. Yes, exactly. Just like the Jewish historian that I wrote about not too long ago on Facebook. Um, can't even think of his name right now. But he said, the worst stories that you find in the Old Testament, the worse the stories seem to be when you read them literally in the Old Testament, the greater the revelation there that you can gain. So it matters not if the world knows it or not. What we need to do is we need to do as David did, no matter how it looks. We need to look away. And it doesn't mean that we don't feel, you know, horribly sorry for people like, like the Ukraine right now. Yeah. I mean, look at all the devastation there. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're just supposed to ignore that? I didn't say ignore it. Yeah. The highest form of prayer is to see peace mm -hmm. pursued. Yeah. And David danced and all, and all his clothes flew off. I think that's when everything was open for him. Everything was open. Yeah. Exactly. Everything was open. Out there dancing naked. He was naked of everything. Now, David denotes Judah, and David denotes what? The east or the right side. And Jesus was of what tribe? The tribe of Judah. He always, he never did anything what he saw the Father do. He drew from his Christ consciousness. Never said anything but what he heard the Father say. So he's our example to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And then it says the morning star. And guess what? Guess where the morning star rises, literally speaking? Venus, it rises in the east, and it's the brightest. Venus and Mercury are the, are the brightest. So this bright and morning star within us, the brightest is the Christ mind. That's when you begin to walk let me say it this way. Someone called me this the other day. They said, you are not only a star, you're a rock star. <laughs> We're all rock stars, yeah. folks. <laughs> Ain't seen nothing yet. Ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. We're all rock stars. Why? We're the rock. We're one with the rock. <laughs> and the bright and morning star lives within us. And it's the Christ mind. It's the east. It's the right side. And you can't go wrong. Amen. Drawn from the right side. Amen. So we're a people of withinness. Yes. Not without. I don't want to be called a dog, yeah. a sorcerer, a whoremonger, yeah. a liar. I don't want to be called those things. And we're not. As we continue to draw from within. Amen. Rather than preaching and teaching the lie. Right. That has stunted the growth of people all across this planet. 
Thank God for the truth. And Amen. thank God for Amen. the hour, the Kairos hour we're living in today. Amen. The age of Aquarius. Yes. Yes. To where we are privileged to get all these uploads of the Spirit. Yeah. And know. Mm -hmm. And that's eternal life. That's the highest quality of life is to know Him. Mm -hmm. And we know Him as we draw from the right side. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight yes. for your love, your grace, your spirit, our spirit, yes, which quickens and conceives the truth within us that we might truly come to know you as never before and subjectively experience who we have always objectively been. We thank you. We praise you. We exalt you. We honor you in your people. And as your people, yes. in the name of the Lord, amen. Amen. amen.